I've been told it's a good idea to start a speech with a joke. Well, don't get your hopes up. I'm not here to tell jokes. I'm here to pick a fight. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. With me tonight, Justin Ventola, Tyler Scales. Welcome to episode 39, take two. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked to you all, but uh, me and the guys, we talked last week, but something went horribly wrong with the recording, and sorry. So we are going to be repeating ourselves to ourselves this week. <laughs> Gentlemen, <laughs> how's it going? I'm going good, Dave. It's a shame the Doing recording great, didn't Dave. happen. There were so many good parts in that. Uh, my parents would have loved hearing themselves. <laughs> that would have been good. I, that was that been the icing so on the cake. Oh, God. All right. So uh, the Bruins have played 12 games, not including tonight, because we are recording on Thursday, May 6th, and the Bruins are beating the Rangers right now uh, about three-quarters of the way through the second period, two to nothing. Uh, but the Bruins are 9-3 and three since acquiring Taylor Hall, Curtis Lazar from Buffalo for Anders Bjork, and was it a second-round pick? Yep. And, and Mike Riley, uh, not the Sarge, by the way. That's something that I missed from last week. There is only one Sarge, and it's not the guy who plays for the Bruins. Uh, they got him from Toronto from a third for a third-round pick, I believe, at the trade deadline. Um, you know... Two nights ago, they lost to New Jersey, ending a four-game winning streak. They've been playing pretty damn well. Um, they have, including tonight, four games remaining. Um, and in those last 12 games, they went 1-1 one one versus Washington and 1-1 one one versus Pittsburgh and 5-1 and one versus Buffalo. Uh, to me, proving that nobody goes to Buffalo for anything other than money is Mr. Tyler Hall, who has six goals and five five assists in 13 games since joining the Bruins. Uh, maybe more importantly, and I, I'm going to put a big maybe on this because I've been a critic of him all year, is David Krejci has really warmed up. Six goals, nine assists for 15 points in that span. Uh, and that's important to me because David Pasternak has blown Billy Goats. Only five goals, I believe, in the month of April to go along with 13 assists. I'll take the assist, but that's not what we're expecting from David Pasternak. Uh, and the power play is not living up to what it should be. I mean, uh, Tyler, what, what do you uh, what do you want to talk about to start? Uh, I want to talk about how the Bruins have been playing. They've been ready for the playoffs. Um, they just have to make a couple of adjustments into their game, but, man, I think one of the most impressive things about this team is the amount of go- um, shots on goal they have. Every game they seem to have, like, over 30 and even, like, 40, which is pretty damn good. So they've been a pretty aggressive team. They seem to have a lot of good chemistry. And you know, now that we've clinched the playoffs, man, I'm really excited to see this team play. Yeah, no, I I fully agree uh, with that with that statement, Tyler. Um, since the trade deadline, they have been so much more fun to watch. I mean, like you know, prior to the de- uh, trade deadline, they uh, they were lackluster. They had no life whatsoever. Um, offensively, unless the Bergeron line was out there, all you could expect is just a bunch of crappy shots on net and barely any offensive creativity from any of the other lines. Um, and Krejci's happy. We love happy Krejci, and he's sh- playing like it because he's been absolutely laying it up since uh, the trail hall. 
uh, Taylor Hall deadline. I think that trio is really starting to find some chemistry as well. I mean, you got Smith with the hat trick the other day. Um, super solid. Also, um, I read somewhere too that uh, Craig Smith getting a hat trick was the first time since 2015 that a player that was not named Patrice Bergeron, David Postenock, David Krejci, or Brad Marchand got a hat trick, which blew my mind. And guess who the last person was to get a hat trick outside of those four players? Gilna. Jimmy Hayes. Oh, Jesus. Remember him? 2015 <laughs> of December. Yeah, well, was, I think we're still he got a hat trick. Yeah, and that was wow. the last time. And I was like, wow. That's insane. Wow. That's that insane. was insane. So, I mean, that trio's come along. And also, I want to shout out two guys because I think we were kind of picking them apart, rightfully so. I think we have a third line now. Uh, Bruce Cassidy moved uh, Corrali up to uh, the third line center, put Richie on his left, put uh, Coyle on, on uh, Corrali's right. And that line has been a physical, high energy, puck possession line. And I know Coyle is now day to day, but that those trio has, I think, I think you found your third line. They've been awesome. I mean, they ne- haven't necessarily, uh, Crowley, who has had a huge goal drought, all of a sudden two, he has two goals in the past few games. Um, so, I mean, it, Richie had a heck of a snipe, I think it was, on um, uh, Monday or Tuesday against New Jersey. He had one heck of a snipe. Um, so I think now they have re- like you're finding your lines, you're getting the lineup that you want going to the playoffs. Brandon Carlo has come back, and he's looked pretty good. So I think this team has just been really fun. So they've been a joy to watch. Awesome. And uh, we were talking yeah, shit absolutely. about Jake DeBrusque before we started this, but he just scored. He did. So, I mean, I guess we got to talk more shit about him. Uh, he definitely what's, he, what's he on yeah. the fourth line now? Well, maybe not tonight because Coyle's out. but Yeah, with Coyle out, he's now playing Coyle spot as the right winger on the third line. Sorry, I, I've been either following on my phone or just reading in the papers, the papers, um, on on my phone after the fact. I've my schedule has changed and life is crazy. I love it. Hmm. Um, you know, it's important to have a happy Krejci, but is it is it just a coincidence that he really seems to get hot late April and May? <laughs> like, should the Bruins petition while they have Krejci on their team to have the schedule like this? Because he seems to really warm up at this time of year. <laughs> he does. He does. And, but, but at the same time, I think now that he actually knows, oh, that he actually has a talented winger on his side. And, you know, I, Craig Smith, he's been really good, but I, Craig Smith is not like a, Largely talented guy. He's more of a hard worker. Um, you know, he works hard every shift. But having a guy like Taylor Hall, um, who is an actual skilled, talented guy on his wing, I think Krejci's now like, all right, that frees me up now. Now I can actually, you know, play more to my game, more to my strengths. So I think it's really made an impact for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Tom. Um, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Smith, honestly, has had a really good year. I think he's been like, I think if it's going to be any Bruins player on this team that's had a breakout year, it is definitely him. Like the first couple of months, he wasn't looking so hot. Uh, but now that he's been with like Taylor Hall, but man, he's been on absolute fire. Um, yeah, Taylor Hall in that second line has really like shifted how the Bruins have played. The secondary scoring has been so much better. It was a huge issue for us before the trade deadline. And, you know, Don Sweeney, he, got the w on fixing that issue is there still justice to be made as i've said absolutely 
Jake DeBrusque has been really been disappointing. So, and I'm gonna say this: I think he needs to be scratched. That's that's gonna be my opinion. I don't think Jake DeBrusque needs to play in the playoffs. I think he needs to be scratched for an injured player. Get Frederick in there. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, to your point about Sweeney, I think we can turn the burner down underneath him, under his ass a little bit, but we definitely need to keep him just below a simmer and. Justin, uh, you're shaking your head, and I'll give you all the time in your world on it. That's fine. But, I mean, Hall's been good, again, to me, proving that people only go to Buffalo for the money. Um, it's it's not just a coach thing. I think it's a whole organizational thing. Plus, I mean, who wants to live in the fucking south side of Toronto? Um, Lazar's been no pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Riley's been pretty damn good. So, I, I, I don't know. Uh, and I know he was a little injured recently. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm turning the burner down a little on Sweeney, Justin. You can keep it on so full no, blast if you want. It, it, oh yeah, no. Well, honestly, my my whole thing is Dave, and I'll I'll even go a little easier on him. But to me, does this does this take um, does this bring him out of the doghouse? No, absolutely not. No. Did 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 he have a really good trade deadline this year? Heck yeah, one thousand percent. But even the worst GMs, even the worst leaders, whatever can sometimes occasionally make a good move. And he made a good move. But the reality is, to me, is would I rather him have nailed this trade deadline or nailed the 2015 first-round cl- draft class? <laughs> I'll take I mean, nailing an offseason, man. <laughs> I mean, night and day, man. I mean, like, like, like my, and my whole thing is what I've been telling people, too, is I think this, um, I think this trade deadline, okay, Yes, it did help the team 1,000%. I mean, again, the offense is night and day. But the 2015 draft has hurt the Bruins organization more than this trade deadline helped them, if that makes yeah, any I, sense. I agree, absolutely. Jacob Zaboral, I just say I mean, something about Jacob Zaboral. He is a bust of a pick. My God, is he horrible. Bust. And, and Jake DeBrusque looks like a bust. And, yep. you know, I, I was, and like, you know, people say, well, like, you know, he drafted Carlo Lozon. Yeah, I like those guys. I like those defensemen. I think they can play at the NHL level. But they're not defensemen that, like, you know, you're trying to, like, a needle in a haystack. You know, you can find those big, diff, burly defensemen anywhere and for a decent price. Right. You know, so I'm not overwhelmed by that. Um, so it's just – and had he nailed that 2015 – he would have built the organization for the future, and he would have like, and I think they would have been a much better team had they had had he decided, hey, instead of me listening to these bum, these you know, you know, bum fuck scouts, quite honestly, um, <laughs> and, 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 and draft like Sinitian, you know, and, and, and if he had drafted Bozal, Connor, um, and I, I don't know Brock, Brock Bowser or, or yeah, yeah, him or something like that. Boom! There's your top line of the future, that has years to come, and they would have won know, a Stanley Cup. Absolutely would have won a Stanley Cup if he actually nailed it. One thousand percent, Tyler. Guaranteed that would have been the, a Stanley Cup. And the other element to it, too, guys, is I've been doing a lot of research over these uh, past few days as to I've researched all the past thirty years. I went back to 1990 Edmonton Oilers and researched all the teams, players, average age, so on and so forth, and I found guys. Only two teams have won the Stanley Cup in the past 30 years when their top two centermen have been over 30. Only two teams. 
Um, and, I, and I and I forget which teams they were, but uh, again, outside of that, all the Stanley Cup winning teams, their top two centermen have been under under thirty years old, or at the very least, their top center has been under thirty years old, and their second line center has been maybe a little bit over. Point being, Bergeron and Krejci, great regular season. Let's see what happens in the postseason. For my research, my money says they're not going to get that far. They're going to get outplayed by the younger, better centers. And this move that Don Sweeney made, too little, too late. Should have happened three or four years ago. So that's my whole thing with this whole trade. Great trade, too little, too late. Yeah, uh, let's see what happens. Um, the playoffs are as expected to be a whole different aspect of the game. Like, like the intensity gets turned up. Players mm-hmm. get all heated up, man. Like, yeah, we're gonna see what happens. And I don't think how, how how long has it been since Taylor Hall has played in the playoffs? Like, it's been a long time. I'm pretty sure because I don't I don't think the Devils Cue back Japanese in 20, music. 2018 is. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't think they were back in 2018 when he won the Hart Memorial. So, who Jersey? You know, Let's he, see how he, New Jersey when he was playing with New Jersey. Yeah, Taylor I don't Hall. Think they... Yeah, they they haven't made it in a long time, but we're gonna see what happens. That's all I have to say. <laughs> over, well, no, and, over and, and out. And, and the other thing, too, is it's like, <laughs> hey, look, look at the matchup. Like, if they draw Washington in the first round, physical, big, heavy team, Bergeron, they're going to get worn down. Even if they win that series, that's that's going to be a tough, physical, hard series to win. Um, and I think that if you know they draw them in the first round and they do happen to make it by Washington – I, th- I think, you know, Bergeron, I think that groin injury is going to come up. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's – but. Yeah. Yeah. I, with uh, with Boston obviously clinching their, their playoff berth on Monday night against New Jersey, um, we should definitely focus more on the playoffs this, this year. Right uh, right now with their third in the East, one point ahead of New York and mm-hmm. four points behind both Washington and Pittsburgh. Um you know, <clears throat> yeah, two games against, including tonight against the Rangers, uh, who, you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, we mentioned earlier, Tom Wilson completely just changed the face of that organization by just simply forgetting his fucking Prozac. Uh, we have one against the Islanders, and we close out the season against Washington, who, again, is four points ahead of us. Um, first question, I guess, is how does Boston approach the remaining games? Um because right now, third place, like I said, you know, you set up to play Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has home ice. Pittsburgh, I would, I want, I would prefer to play Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Washington and the Islanders are just too heavy for Boston this year, um, and I understand about the experience and the the skill on Pittsburgh. Um, but I'd rather see those other two teams, Washington and the Islanders, beat the crap out of each other and take your, take a roll in the uh, second round. Mm. Yeah. So, no, I, I, so question yeah. to whoever wants to answer it: like, what what's your what's your strategy on these next four games? I think this next strategy would be to figure out like who can play with who. Um, first and second line of the Bruins. I think that's f- completely figured out. But the third and fourth line, that, that I think still needs to be adjusted a little bit. Um, the third line with Richie, Coyle, and Corrales, they're really good together. But the fourth line, you got guys like DeBrusque, uh, Frederick, um, even Chris Wagner over there who, like, 
who can play a good game, but it's like, can they bring it in the playoffs? Like, but the Bruss is like horrible, horrible regular season. Can he turn that around in the playoffs? We're gonna have to see. But yeah, some of the players not if he like, realize face Nazem Kadri. <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen. Oh, we're not making the finals. No, could but well, I, 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 I'm even not even did, sure I how the problem. playoffs work this year, Tyler. I from from what I remember earlier in the year is every division is going to play each other in the first round, and then there's reseeding based on points. Excuse me. Um, so we so, might like suddenly play a team like like in yeah, the West. We could possibly be playing somebody out West. I'm not sure if it's going to be the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Because, uh, I mean, what are you going to all of a sudden split up that Canadian division with those two guys coming, those two teams coming down uh, uh, or yeah. moving on? So, I don't know. Uh, but I understand what you're saying, Justin. Yeah. Imagine no, that I, I see... the Bruins. Sorry, Justin, oh. go ahead. That'd no, 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 worries. no, don't worry, Tyler. I, I personally, Pipe Dream, love to see that. I would absolutely love to see, like, a Habs, oh, Bruins, good. Stanley Cup. That would be, oh, Oh, I would. Oh my God, sell my soul to go to that series, uh, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, but you know, I, I don't think it's realistic. Only twenty five percent in Boston, so if you include Jimmy, only one of us can go. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy, you're out. You've you've missed the most shows. <laughs> yeah, wait, no, seriously. Yeah, gosh, let him do his Virginia thing. <laughs> Virginia. Virginia, yeah, yeah, that's what he says. I don't know. Yeah, uh, nah, but uh, I, I, honestly, guys, so I, from my my perspective personally, is Dave, you alluded to it. I would just ideally like to avoid the Islanders in Washington in the first round. I I really would. Um, albeit Washington was probably the team I would want to avoid the most. Um, but with that being said, I was thinking about it today. Quite honestly, I mean. Uh, the game, those uh, the last couple of games we played against Pittsburgh were awesome. They were entertaining. They were fun, but they were also tough. I mean, so if they draw either one of these teams, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a force. Yeah. I think it's going to be a six or seven game series. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. But my whole thing is is do your best to avoid Washington. I just don't want them playing Washington. I think. It would, again, be probably a six, seven-game series, but I think they're going to be physical and heavy. It could wear down our older guys, um, and that's assuming we even get past them, which I think our chances uh, – I give the Bruins a 20 or 30% chance of beating Washington in the seven-game series, quite frankly. So we'll see, but I'm just saying, hey, you know, if you can finagle it in such a way that, like, <laughs> you know, you can avoid Washington and hope maybe the Islanders – then I think, you know, we're looking good here. But yeah. we'll see. You know, another quick aspect of, about ahead, the uh, – I'm sorry. Uh, but another quick aspect I guess I should have thrown in there too is the fact that um, – who is it? Vancouver doesn't finish the season until like a week after you. So what's what's the NHL? Have they announced what they're going to do yet? If, you know, if Vancouver's still in the hunt, and I think they are, I just barely. I think one more loss and they're fucked. But um, – if you're going to have to wait seven or eight days, well, that just reminds me of the 2019 Cup where you swept the Hurricanes and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you do a little scrimmage, Marshawn gets hurt or fakes an injury and then is actually hurt, whatever it is, I don't care. Um, but I, I say you, you rest 
your two old guys or your three old guys if you want to throw Krejci in there. Uh, obviously, because he's older than Marshawn. But you know, rest your best players for a game. I was thinking, uh, without realizing, without you know. Eh, Factoring in the fact that their last two games are back-to-back nights, I was thinking you sit Bergeron and Mash on tonight, and then let them play three games to get ramped right back up. But then you get another whole week off. Um, so I'm wondering, would you sit those guys the last game of the season against Washington, just to give them the the extra one day of rest with almost a week off coming up? What are your thoughts on that, uh, Justin? Honestly, Honestly uh, go ahead. No, 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 Tyler, please go take take the lead. Yeah. Honestly, if we have a goon like Tom Wilson out there, I would want to that absolutely rest our players with that goon on the ice. I do not want him injuring any of our players anymore. Just send Frederick after him. Absolutely. Or Kevin Miller, he'd beat the shit out of him. I don't Fuck I don't Tom know. Wilson. I don't know. I want I want Miller for the, as long as we can have him in the playoffs. I like his game. I like it's heavy. The only thing I don't like about Kevin Miller is the fact that he is like Glass Joe from Mike Tyson's punch out. He is. And, and honestly the Bruins organization have been doing what they can to like monitor him. So like like you know, you know, see Kevin Miller will play a game a couple games and he'll be off a couple games. He won't necessarily play um, both games if they're back to back. And I think that in the playoffs, you'll definitely see, you know, Cassidy, if he's going to go up against a big heavy team like um, uh, the Capitals, that he'll absolutely insert um, Kevon Miller. And I want them to because I think he and Frederick as well, those two guys, um, I throw a little bit of Richie in there. He's not necessarily an agitator, but he's not afraid to get physical. Uh, but, you know, and have those three guys really set the tone and help chill a guy out like uh, Tom Wilson because I agree. The last thing I want is in that last game if Wilson plays and he decides, hey, I'm going to take a run at McAvoy. And next thing you know, McAvoy's out for the playoffs. You're out without, you're without your number one D-man, and, you know, that's not going to go well. So, Especially if you lined up to play against him. Exactly. Yeah. So I Quite frankly, right now, if I'm the Bruins and we have four games left, I believe, four games. Four Is including four tonight, games? yeah. Four, four including tonight. Um, I'm honestly resting Bergeron and um, Krejci for all, all those games, quite frankly. Um, I don't want them to get too rusty, though, I guess was my point. Right, yeah. right. No, and, and that's fair. But it's just I because those guys, I, I worry about their durability now, at, given their age in the playoffs. Um, so I, I really I, – I try to – I tell those guys, hey, take it easy. You're not going to play these next three games. Just maybe play one and that's it. And if you play them, just take them off the power play. Unless, yes. unless you're jockeying – unless you're still jockeying for points. Again, you have four points out with four games to play. Uh, you have mm-hmm. a game in hand on everybody in front of you and behind you. Uh, I think you have two games in hand on Washington – I mean, it, it's it's possible that you still leapfrog to first place. I, I don't know if it's probable uh, or how probable it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Sorry. I, I just don't I, – I want them to stay in sync. We've seen it time and – we've seen it a couple of times this year when they've had the long layoffs. They, yes, they come out for that first game. I, I, if I remember correctly, like, Two out of three times they came out for that first game and they were great, and then they kind of slumped. Or they didn't look good, but maybe they were still winning some games. Uh, Go back to the long pause last year into the playoffs. How long did it take them to get ramped back up? 
you know. Oh, wow, they, they they looked horrible against the Flyers. And, and I don't I don't think they ever time. really got fully ramped back up. And again, that was extenuating circumstances, and you had a what a four month layoff between games and stuff. But I don't know, this team's too old. Yep. Um, and I don't know what the oil can would be to get the the uh, joints moving. Um, yeah. Next question for you guys is how far do you think this team can go? We we all made I our predictions at the beginning, and I know mine yeah. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but Tyler, how far do you think they can go? I think they can make it past the first round. Second round, like the first round will be tough. The second round will also be tough. I, th- I think they'll make it far into the third round. And I don't think they'll make the play at the finals, so. But I, after seeing the trade deadline, I think it is a possibility that they can get pretty far. Like, the team before that, though, I, th- I thought they would be eliminated almost immediately. But I, my, I'm, like, more confident in this team now. How they've been playing, so. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Tyler. I mean, I, prior to the trade deadline, I tell you, if they made the playoffs, first round exit. 1,000%. Um, yeah. But with the addition, with the way the team's playing now, um, I, I see them being more like a second-round team. But, you know, and it sounds kind of cliche, probably because it is, but it does all depend on matchups, right? I mean, we don't, yeah. we're not going to face the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. We're not going to face, you know, the which Nashville Which is good because they're vying for the President's Trophy, which means they're actually kind of good, which I think I predicted this year. Sorry. No, 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 no way. Yeah. No, they, they are pretty good, but they're still a soft-as-hell team. I mean, soft as hell I mean, they are just like a bunch of pillows out there i swear to god um on skates so i mean they, they, they again postseason is such a different animal particularly in hockey that like you know you can't look at a regular season and say oh well, they were bombed during the regular season it's going to translate to the postseason because once that physicality and intensity is ramped up i mean your skilled guys have to fight a lot harder to get to puck and everything else like that so it's a whole different animal, but it does depend on matchups. I think if they draw Washington in the first round, quite frankly, I think their chances of getting past the first round are slim to none. Um, if they get them in the second round, I think their chances of going to the third round is slim to none. So, again, it really depends on that matchup scenario. I think the best-case scenario for the Bruins would be to just pray that, you know, the way the playoffs are this year, that you get decent matchups um, and avoid the tougher teams like the Washingtons, the Tampa Bays, uh, and so on and so forth, as long as you can, um, and and just hope for the best. But now I can at least say, well, I think they are going to get past the first round for the most part, and they should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I alluded to earlier. I think you're best off playing against Pittsburgh. Um, I think if if you get Pittsburgh in that first round, I think you could easily be into the third round and you know once you get into the third round and i i, I say easily uh i think your chances are, are much greater to get to the third round is i guess what i should say there and you know once you get to the third round it's hockey it's the playoffs anything could happen um but just having those other two teams beat up on each other because I, I think both these series out of the east are going to go six to seven games uh no matter who's playing who these teams all play tough against each other. Um, I definitely do not want to face the Islanders, and it's not because of their team. I think it's more trots. And I, I, I mentioned this earlier in the year. I, I, for some reason, I think trots has the Bruins number, and 
you know, I don't want to see him in a that would that I think is your least probability, you know, just to counter your Washington. Um, I don't like the chances in the first round against Washington again if a dipshit like Tom Wilson is allowed to play in the playoffs because you know he's still got a couple of games left to f that up. So yeah. Um, uh, no, so. I, I actually wanted to bring this up, but Go for we were it. talking about the Pittsburgh and Boston series. Yep. Those games have actually been pretty close. So even when we did play Pittsburgh, it'd be a tough series because they got Stanley Cup experience on that team, a ton of Stanley Cup experience on that team. Um, they, they they have looked pretty good in the games we played against them. Like, it'd be a hell of a series. and I, I, I would love to play Pittsburgh. Yeah, I agree. And to Justin's point earlier too, like those have been some of the more entertaining games. Yeah. You know, like good hockey, uh not just the Bruins beating on somebody. Uh it's been enjoyable hockey to watch. Sometimes it's back and forth, sometimes it's just great defense, well maybe not great defense, but really good defense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, we saw that in that in the last two games, Dave. I mean, they, they played both teams played really sound defensively. They didn't give the other side a lot of chances, um, and I just think it's uh, the Pitts, Pittsburgh is a great matchup for the Bruins. Um, I think we've historically kind of owned them, quite frankly. Um, so I, you know, and Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby. So I mean, like he's older for sure, but he's still you know a generational talent, and he's still going to produce in the playoffs. But his, that matchup, I love watching the Bergeron-Crosby matchup. I mean, that's just, you know, you got one of the most skilled, offensive skilled centers in the game versus one of the most defensively skilled uh, uh, centers in the game. And that is just so much fun to watch. Uh, so I'm, I'm really hoping for a Pittsburgh Bruins series to start off. I think that's going to be a killer series. It, it really is. Yeah. Right. Uh, on that note, why don't we head on over to Studs and Duds. One, two, three. Let's play three studs. Rashad score! Bergeron! Bergeron! In game seven! And the Bruins win the series! And three duds. Here's a catastrophic misplay back of the Boston goal, and Anders Lee tucks it in. One, two, three. Right, Tyler, Tyler, why don't you start us <laughs> off with your studs? <laughs> I wish I wasn't talking over that. that and, and if I'm not, when I look over that, that will be in an open at some point. <laughs> All right, my first stud is going to... My first that's going to have to be David Krejci. Uh, he has been absolute fire lately. This is playoff Krejci we all know and love. Um, man, the, the, his games in the Buffalo series we've had, in those two Buffalo games, oh, my God, he looked incredible. There was, like, this toe drag move he, mo- he put on one of the players, passed it right to Hall. If you saw Hall's face on that goal, he looked so happy, and he was in disbelief by what he saw from Krejci. Like, my God, that's the Krejci we just want to see. You know, hey, it's what Dave said. Whenever, like, May comes around, he just plays like an absolute beast in April, too. Yeah, weather gets warmer, um, crazy. You know, he's like, shit, I'm not in the Siberia anymore. 
<laughs> no disrespect. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get canceled. My second sub ought to be that third line with uh, Coyle, Richie, and Corrales. It's as Justin said. They, they've been looking a lot better together. They have good chemistry. Uh, Corrales has really improved on his game. He's had a couple of goals. Coyle had a really good goal in one of the – I think it was the the first New Jersey game where he had like a steal and he got like a really good goal off of uh, Blackwood. Like that's the call we want to see. And that's what we saw from him in the finals against the Blues. Was that the he, one he, goal uh, Charlie Coyle has had in the last two months? Yeah, he, okay. he's he, – he actually has improved a little yep. bit. It's unfortunate he's had a day-to-day injury too. So, yeah, good, good for him. Yeah, you know and, those guys, though. They can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and my third set's going to be Brad Martian. I, I got I to gotta say, man, he like uh, he has like 63 points this year. Like, my God. Like, this is probably going to be he's one of his best He's got two more seasons. tonight, so I'm pretty sure he's up to 65. I know. Like, my, like what a season he's had. Uh, he's He's already had about... Well, no, he's not had more points than this last year, but no, like absolute, he's every single year he's been playing with us, he has improved. Like he has not like taken a step down on like some other players, and he's been around since for almost uh, eleven years now, and he's just been playing like an absolute stud. It's incredible to watch. And you know he's gonna be carrying us big time in the playoffs if past guys like Pasternak and Bergeron don't really show up. I'm damn sure Bart Bergeron will show up, but I don't know about Pasternak. I mean, he's been cold, to say the least. Yeah, no. Honestly, on that whole – and believe it or not, too, I don't know if you guys remember, Marshall was on the fourth line at one point when he started his NHL career. And I never expected him to develop into the player. And I don't think many people didn't, but that he would develop into the player that he is. And he has been awesome. And – Tyler, to your point, like, I mean, he's what he's been like top five, top four, whatever, um, in in goals in the past over the past like three or four seasons or whatever. Um, he has he was the star of the month for um, April. Um, he was just an app, he's just been a force. And you know, granted, he kind of set himself up for it because at the beginning of the season, he had that whole statement where, yeah, I've just been playing at 80%, like so on and so forth. So it was kind of like, okay, well. Show us your hundred percent, and he showed it. I mean, he's an all-around player, three zone, can score, set up plays. He's been terrific and fun to watch. Basically, and he's definitely carried a key for a certain point of the season too. Yeah, a couple times. Oh, he absolutely did. And, um, I, I want to say we, that. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. I want to say this about Martian and. I, and I, I heard it from the Spit and Chicklets uh, podcast in one of their episodes when, when they had Pasnuk on the guest, by the way. He's a future Hall of Famer. He has to be. He has, he's had a Stanley Cup ring. Like, every single year, he's had, like, over 50 points, even, like, more than 75. He's, he's a future Hall of Famer, man. I mean, he may not, he may, he not have the, the awards for, like, Lady Bane or the Rock of Richard or Hart Memorial, but he's one of those players who really, like, changed the game. And he's someone who you can, you can piss you off, which is a good thing. He's not Tom. He's not Tom Wilson, but oh boy, <laughs> what? Well, that, something happened. Well, Somebody's yelling at Tyler's house. <laughs> did you did you forget to put away the good china, Tyler? Uh, no. 
I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, so nice. he's oh close. Is that uh, but anyway, so, no, he's he's definitely been. Did they score? Yeah, it was Kahlo. Welcome back, Brandon Kahlo. Oh, see, of course. See, there's a huge delay on my team. <laughs> I'm on the app. How how is the app ahead of your TV? Oh, do you want? Oh, do you want this? I'm sorry, guys. I forgot. I rewound a, oh, okay. a, little, a little while ago. I rewound oh, it like 30 gotcha. seconds to to go to watch a goal again. So that's probably why. Oh, nice. Um, that was pretty good. So sorry. Did you guys yeah. see that? It. Oh, he shot it from it uh, the goal line, and it just hit the goaltender's pad and trickled in. Oh. Nice job. Well, it, I got to be honest. That's that's key that Carlos come back. Um, absolute key because I mean I think Clifton's been fine, Miller's been fine, but he's your cog in that second defensive pairing, and I like him and Riley so far. That's been the pairing to watch. So, um, but anyway, so so sorry guys, I, I, I went a little tangent with Marsha in there, but um, I Tyler, I fully agree with the uh, Hall of Famer, and that's why he's also going to be my number one stud. Um, because he's just been absolutely terrific, absolutely awesome. And I don't think the Bruins are where they are without him. So he's been my obvious yeah. number one stud. Uh, number two has definitely been also David Krejci. I think his emergence so far right now has been just huge for the Bruins. Um, and he's provided secondary scoring. Um, and I'll even lump uh, – I'll cheat a little bit again and lump Hall into this uh, as as – the, you know my second stud with Krejci because Hall has also been a pleasant surprise. Um, a lot of people were, you know, again, you know, so up in arms and and, and like overjoyed when they, when we first got Taylor Hall, and I was, you know, one of those people saying, "Be careful, what Taylor Hall are we getting?" And so far, he has been engaged. He has back checked, and he has been awesome defensively, which he never really was prior to this. Um, he's been. Provided scoring as well next to Krejci. So those those two duo has just been awesome to watch. It's been huge. Yeah. And my that and my third and final one has been the third line. Because I think I again I think they finally found a third line. I think it was kind of in question marks. But that third line with Richie, Corrali, Coyle, awesome. I think that's awesome for the playoffs. It's they're big, they're heavy, they're gonna wear down the other teams, uh, uh other teams' defense. Uh, with their with their puck possession, so I think they've been terrific. So that that's those are my studs of the week. So let's hope Coyle gets healthy and comes back soon because uh, that third line was really starting to gel. I'm gonna keep a closer eye on that on that line next time I'm watching a game. Uh, once Coyle gets back, uh, my studs. I have uh, the Krejci Hall combination as my first stud. I mean, I went over the numbers earlier. What was it? Eleven points and. Uh, 15 points in the last nine games, 11 for Hall, and I think 15 for Krejci. Um, you know, I, I I was a big opponent of bringing Taylor Hall here. I, I'm, I'll happily eat my hat on this one um, for the rest well. of the regular season. Let's see how the playoffs play out, and let's see, you know, are, are we really going to try and – is Don Sweeney really going to try and keep – David Krejci and Taylor Hall next year. Um, I'm not so sure, but who knows? I mean, I guess you could do it. Neither one of them should be getting a pay raise. Both of them should be taking a pay cut, uh, even though Krejci's numbers are kind of looking good. Uh, my my number two star. I've been kind of back and forth on my uh, two and three here. <clears throat> 
But I'm going to go with uh, the combination again. I, I'm just comboing everything today. Give me a dinner special, number one, Rick. Um, I'm going to go with Marshawn and Bergeron. Um, and kind of to Justin and yours, Tyler, point, that, you know, Marshawn coming from the fourth line years ago. I mean, look how far they've come. And then look what these two guys have done with guys like a David Pasternak and a, a Craig Smith most recently. Um, I think... If you got an issue and you need a younger guy to move up, obviously it didn't work with uh, fake LaBust. But, you know, you you bring a guy like Craig Smith who maybe wasn't going where you wanted him to be. Was it his line mates? It definitely was. I don't think it was Craig Smith's effort one bit this year. I think he's shown you effort in pretty much every single game. Uh, it's just, you know, maybe the scoring wasn't there or maybe he was a little timid on shots at certain points. Um, but, you know, once he started playing on that first line with Marshawn and Bergeron, I, I think is where we really saw him uh, open up. And then just because we haven't given him I, – I lumped them together because I wanted to get Swayman in as my third star uh, just because we gave him some love last week, but we were the only ones who heard it. Uh, I think he's been fairly decent, uh, pretty good, I should say. Uh, excuse me. And, uh, you know, he – what's he – Six and two or something like that heading into tonight, and he, you know, started the third period tonight with a whopping seven saves. Um, but yeah, those are my three studs this week. Tyler, you want to give us your uh, three duds? Yeah, my first stud obviously going to be Jake DeBrusque, um or Lebust. Um, I said before he needs to be scratched. Uh, I, I I'm done with him. He's just been so bad this year. Uh, how many points does he have? Um, uh, 11 points. Like, my God, that is just... Whew, that's bad for something like that. 11? 11 points. I didn't think he had double digits. Really? I, I didn't think so, too. I, I thought he'd be in, like, the bottom 20. To tell you the truth. I thought, I thought, um, I thought Wagner had more points than him. Or, like, something like Connor Clifton or Jeremy Lazan, but... I think Taylor Hall, as a Bruin, has more points than him. He does. I think he does. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's yeah, actually yeah, right, Dave. I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> you gotta... And that's why he's that on the fourth line. Less the if he's not on the fourth line, he's watching the game. Yeah, he needs to be scratched. I think you got to put someone like Frederick in. Because even though Frederick can't really produce points, he's there as an enforcer. And he's, he's improving as an enforcer, too. Like, really significantly, too, if you, as you play him more. Um, but, yeah, my first dud, Jake DeBrusque. Obviously, he's going to be a dud like probably every single week. No surprise there. As long as he's playing, right? Yeah. Uh, my second dud is going to be Jacob Saboro. I've seen nothing from this guy lately. He's an absolute bust from the 2015 uh, NHL draft. Last five games, he has only had one point. I mean, yeah, obviously he's a third liner. But he should have been a stud on this team, and he was not. He's probably one of the worst draft picks you have ever picked on our team. And, well, he's just – he's probably not – he's not ready for the playoffs. Yeah, and he's clearly not good at picking a number because if you're going to go as high as 67, you may as well add two more. <laughs> no. Jesus. <laughs> Finally, my third dud, going to be that Tom Wilson stupid incident that happened. Uh, Rangers, Capitals, uh, last game – had a fucking brawl, which was incredible to watch. Old-time hockey. 
and that all, and that happened because of the NHL's stupid decisions they have been making. Five thousand, fine, five thousand only, which is nothing. Like that's that's just like fourteen bucks you got to pay if you ever if you worked at a clerk uh, retail job. Five thousand only for slamming a guy, nearly killing him on the ice, and a superstar by the way. And later on, this fucker flexes in the penalty box. What a prick, bro! Fuck Tom Wilson. Needs to be kicked out of the league. One of the probably the most dirtiest player in the league. And if, like, if you have a guy like Mac Cook saying you went too far, that goes to show how bad of a player you are, how dirty of a player you are. And it sucks because he is a good player. If he wasn't dirty, he probably could have been called a superstar in this league. Like a really good enforcer, but no. He resorts to doing bullshit every single night with Brendan Carlo. Like I don't think it, ahead. I don't think it's so much as being dirty, just being damn dumb. Like just fucking stupid, I'll say it. Like yeah, come on. That, like, that too. Dude's had one too many concussions, obviously. And um just real quick before we move on, is I was listening to Felger and Maz uh, guys, I listened to Felger and Maz if you haven't heard. But uh they were talking about Gary Bettman basically forced I, I forget his name the head of player safety to suspend Wilson for the Carlo hit because he didn't like the optics of how it looked and the head of uh, player safety didn't think that was suspendable. I I don't know. It's just ridiculous. And uh, Felga was talking about how it's the player's own fault because they want a guy in there who was a former goon who is going to be a little easier on these things but if you really want to take the head injuries and shit out of this game you got to take guys like Tom Wilson out of the game or or at least when they do this stupid shit make sure they learn their lesson and when they don't learn their lesson he had a huge suspension a few years ago that was like what 20 games and it was reduced down to like 10 or something I, I forget the actual numbers but it was something ridiculous like that wasn't it yeah. It, it was something around there, Dave. I, I, and I think, I, yeah, it was a huge suspension, but then they cut it down. Like, yeah. yeah. It's just dumb. Uh, so, uh, Tyler, that oh, was number not, three, right? Yeah. yeah, and I'm not done with this number three yet. I'm not oh, even sh- close to being done. We got, there's more to it. The Rangers um, GM and one of the managers, they got fired for president. how disappointed – yeah, president, how they how disappointed they were and um, the actions that the NHL's uh, decisions were, were that were made. I, I, George Peros is as delusional as fuck. Um, again, listening to Felger and Maz, it seems like they were scapegoated because they, I think they were being interviewed and they didn't really back the statement from the Rangers. Yeah, they didn't. So I, I think that was from the, the owner and then they didn't back the statement and that's what, then he comes out, oh, they were underperforming. You gave him a shit team for so long, guy. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> They're probably happy to be out of there. Although Jeff Gordon has Boston Bruins ties, of course. Uh, and if yeah. it wasn't for him, we'd probably still have uh, Jimmy Hayes. Yeah, very true. Uh, very true, man. But yeah, like George Peros, delusional as hell. Like he doesn't know what he's doing, obviously, because if you, if if someone's saying if someone is saying you're unfit to like have that position you're unfit to have that position and because of these actions it led to an absolute 
brawl, like a like a WWE backstage brawl <laughs> on me, the ice me, with three hold, fights. Hold on, let me stop you right there. Just because someone says that you're unfit for something doesn't necessarily mean you're unfit for something, though. Like, I could say Justin's unfit to wear those glasses, so what, now he's got to walk around without the glasses? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, no, like, no. No, like... You, I just disagree with that statement in general, especially in an age where everybody's getting canceled just for sneezing. Um, you know, yes, some people need yeah, to but... go away. Uh, I won't name names, uh, Trump. Um, but, but you can't <laughs> blame the Rangers for saying this because yeah. one of their players' career was almost ended by Tom Wilson's actions. Artemi Panarin, his head was so close to hitting the ice. And this is a superstar we're talking about, by the way. That they have been building so good on. Artemis Panarin, awesome player for the Rangers. His career almost got ended by Tom Wilson's actions. His head was so close to hitting the ice due to some stupid act. And the guy later on mocked him. Like, this just like smiled with a smug smile on his face in the penalty box, flexing, looking at the Rangers box. Like, you cannot blame him for saying that, that shit. Only be fined 5,000. Can't blame him. I would be mad too. This action was just uh, right. and, rage. No, and, and, and you know what, and you know what, guys, and I, I was too listening to that whole Felgrim massing, and I was like, you know, kind of up in the air about it. Um, I definitely think that they had a point in that if you're, you know, if you're part of the organization, or whatever, like you can't say something like that. You can't call for like defying, like, uh, like you know, and so on and so forth. In today's day and age, you just can't do that. Um, and so, and. Obviously, the GM and president were fired because of it. So, I mean, you can't go around saying that stuff. With this all being said, um, has the NHL Player Association totally and uh, Safety Association as well, like totally dropped the ball with this? Heck yeah! I mean, here's a guy right who um, has a known history of doing this stuff. Okay, and you know. Because of it, like, and this is why, again, you have people, you know, really advocating to get fighting, to, like, make hockey like a powder puff sport. And it's for reasons like this. And I think if the NHL play, uh, you know, uh, say, uh, whatever, I'm fumbling my words, guys, sorry. <laughs> uh, if they could adequately, like, hand out disciplinary actions properly – I think you could still have that physicality and fighting, but in a much more like a, in a better environment, in a better atmosphere. Like a more classier way. He, exactly, in a much more classier way. Instead, yeah, you did. They didn't handle this plan action properly. So you're not gonna do anything to this guy who has a record of doing this, who has a record of playing on the edge like that. And as a result, you had a huge scrum and absolute chaos on the ice the other day. And I mean, if you want to reduce that, then you better be doing your job properly. And quite frankly, given the history of Tom Wilson, I'd say if this is his first, second, even maybe even third offense, I'd say, okay, suspend him, fine him, whatever. But given his history and how blatant it is that he plays on the edge, uh, on that border of you're going to seriously harm someone – and being physical, he plays that edge so well. If I was, I just would have said, hey, at the very least, if you're not going to kick this guy out of the league, 
then he should absolutely be suspended for the rest of the season, including the postseason. And I think that's the only way a guy like that is going to stop it. And if you have Matt Cook, who I thought, and Tyler, you said this perfectly, and and I'm happy you mentioned that. If you have a guy like him, who quite honestly was the absolute dirt of the league when he was in when he was playing it, coming out and saying Absolutely. that was bad on Tom Wilson's part, then you know if you're uh, what was his name Peros or whatever, if you're Peros and you hear that, you got some light bulb has got to go off in your head, and you have to say, hey, I should do something about this. This is not good. And take action because the max fine of five thousand dollars—that's pennies to the dollar for him. Well, you know? that, that like, tells so me the light bulb I mean, went off, but it was only two watts. Yeah, it's true. Ah, I like that, Dave. I like that. Yeah, there wasn't much. His circuit breakers were definitely not working <laughs> properly. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, so that's all. That's the, so. I don't think the Rangers organization should have come out and said that. I don't think they should have at all. I, I think that's you know bad looks. But with that being said, I get their point. So yeah, Thomas now I want to I want to bring it back to Panarin. He's gonna he missed the rest of the season thanks to this absolute screwball of a player, Tom Wilson. His dumb actions. If if he did not slam to the ice and he was actually like controlled his emotions, like the brawl that happened last night, like Panarin, he could have been playing. Like yeah. none of that needed to happen. And you know what? Coming to my conclusion, I feel so bad for Panarin because. Even though, even though the Rangers weren't making the playoffs, like it's always good to finish your season. Like you could have like a breakout game happening like at some point. And also, his career was almost could have been ended there. Like Mark Savard, like it, it's it, it it like man, he's so lucky. Like he was that close to having his head hit on the ice. It would have been horrifying to see if it did happen. And man, it, it could have resulted in something far worse than what happened last night. But yeah, it's bad on the NHL exactly. for what happened. Absolutely. Justin, well, studs. And my fear is, Tyler, is that it's going to take for him to pretty much kill someone before something's more severe is done to him. But we'll see. So going back, going back to uh, – uh, yeah, I'm done. So Get the show I'll say back my, on uh, my number one bit. dud. This became the Tom Wilson <laughs> show. Yeah, y'all, right, right, yeah. y'all heard of the Flip Wilson show? There. Oh, because – like honestly, it's been the so talk of the, the, oh the entire week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. So my first stud, and yep, he'll probably be on my dud list for a while. Jake DeBust. He scored tonight, but you know what? I also thought of two guys, and I was looking at this before the show. If we go back and look at all his goals that he scored, he scores goals one of two ways. One, if he's in front of the net and he gets a decent tip, or it hits. Second, him. if he's totally alone. If he's totally alone, has a break-in chance, he can roof it. So, like, you know, shootouts or, again, if, um, you know, a the opposition's defense has a bad pinch and he gets a breakaway, he'll score. Outside of that, he can't score any – he can't score at all otherwise. He has no creativity, no hockey IQ. He's just – he can skate really fast in one line, and if he doesn't have anyone pestering him and he's all alone by himself, he'll put it in the net. Outside of that, useless player, and quite frankly, he has played himself out of a spot in the lineup. Right now he's on the third line because Coyle's hurt, but outside of that, once Coyle comes back and, you know, and 
I, I love Frederick Index. At least Frederick will give you some sort of, Set you know, like agitation, some sort of yeah. grittiness that I love. Yeah, like an actual stack. You know what I mean? So, and I, I see the fourth line, honestly, being Lazar, um, Frederick, and Wagner entering the playoffs. So, effectively, Jake DeBrusque is your, what? He's your healthy scratch. Uh, 13th forward? Who, he would just be a guy who's, and if you're Jake DeBrusque, like, dude, I mean, what are you doing with yourself? Do you even want to play in the NHL? I mean, like, and yeah, your coach comes out um, like last week and says, we need effort from this kid. Again, I mean, again, what is going on twice this year? Like once last year, the, that was basically the, the message at least once last year. Come on. I'm with you. Yeah. And so I, I'm honestly, quite honestly for him, I think the best thing for him is a change of scenery. I really do. do and his statement today, I believe, was that it's no fun playing hockey when you're not playing well. So I think right now he's honestly in his own head. Uh, he knows he sucks, and I think he needs to go to a different organization and start new, and maybe he can continue his NHL career. But outside of that, I think his NHL career with the Bruins is done, and he may yeah. be gone in the offseason. Um, so he's my first stud. My second one is David Posenok. Uh, I believe he was my stud the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah, he's got the assists and he has five goals, sure. But he should star. He's your star winger. He's who you're going to look to in the postseason to produce. And quite frankly, his time in the postseason with us has been exceptionally underwhelming. He can put up numbers in the regular season. He can put up goals in the regular season. But in the playoffs, he has been underwhelming for sure, which – Quite honestly, if you're a Bruins fan, should be concerning. Okay, I want a guy who is going to put up numbers in the postseason. I don't care what the heck he does in the regular season, put up numbers in the postseason and be that guy. And he has not shown that he has that. So I question Pasternak's compete level. I really do. And quite honestly, as of late, he hasn't been great. It's been Martian and Bergeron carrying him in that line. So. I mean, I don't know what's up with him. I don't know if, if he's in his own head or whatever, but he's, I mean, he's a star player. So he's going to see the physicality and the toughness from the other team. That's natural. But if you turtle, I mean, come on. So there's something wrong with Pasnak, and he's got a lot to prove to me personally. Uh, my okay, favorite final so, judge, um, has got to- before you go, Justin, can I add something? Um, I feel like a player like yeah, Charlie yeah, Coyle. Please, please. I feel like a player like Charlie Coyle brings much more aggressiveness in the postseason than David Pasternak does. I feel like he's more noticeable I out agree. there. Yeah. I also one more thing. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, the only thing he's good at is his sellies. That's it. Yeah, it's not even He has good reasons. Yeah. When, when you only score three times a year, you really can't get good at those. <laughs> Go ahead, Justin. Exactly. No, no, exactly. And, and honestly, my, my third and final dub will probably be Yaroslav Halak. I mean, he's he's out of a job. Quite frankly, he's he's out of a job. Uh, Swayman's been terrific. You're obviously going to go with with Puka Tuka, of course, as your number one goaltender because it's Tuka Rask. Um, and but honestly, the other night when he started, Bruce Cassidy came out and said uh, pregame that hey, 
We'll see how Halak does. We'll see how he does tonight. We'll see how he goes moving forward, and we'll make our decision about our goalie tandem, you know, later. And quite honestly, if Halak wanted to remain that uh, that number two option, he should have played like his ass off the other night, and he sucked against against New Jersey Devils. And after the game, his temper tantrum. I think he's aware, and I do kind of feel for the guy, but he kind of knew then. He sucked that night, and quite frankly, he's been outplayed by Jeremy Swayman. So, Halak's have a job. So, and yeah. he sucked, and I think he's been mediocre at best this season. Uh, and I think now he's another player who, in the off season, the Bruins were probably going to say bye bye. We got Swayman. Yeah, uh, he only like had eighteen saves that game. Yeah, he only had eighteen mm-hmm. saves that game too, which is not great. Yeah, not, not great. A great and, not a great game. Nope, he needed to play his ass off on that second New Jersey game to to try to remain that spot, and he just sucked. He turned into a huge puddle, and he knew it. So I think he's out of a job, quite frankly. Yeah, and I'm, I want to get into um, later after David's uh, dud selections after uh, about the goaltending um, in the postseason. It's going to be interesting to talk about, okay? Like what they, they should do. Um, I have one question about your Halak third, third dud in that. Um, You'll forgive me for not knowing this, but how many games has he played since he's been back from COVID? Ooh, I think it's only one. I think he or two. It, it was like it was like one and a third because he came in for Rask in that during that Buffalo game where they lost. Like, uh, yeah, where they lost was a six to four to Buffalo. Uh, he came in in the third period. He started the third period because uh, Rask sucked that night. Um, he came in. He played that. Um, did play much better, and then he's played in in that one game. He started that one game in New Jersey. I think that's been it. So, I'm just curious. I know he it. hasn't had much playing time since he's been back, but yeah, I I didn't see the temper tantrum, and I I'm gonna have to go back and see know. if I can see it. Um, but I when you first started talking oh, yeah. about it, I was like, well, Breaks it has to be, you know, he hasn't really played in the last like month for Christ's sakes, but. Yeah, I mean, a, a guy like that who's been in this league this long, he gets his practice time. He he shouldn't suck like he did the other night. So I, I'm not I'm not gonna argue with you. I was just questioning. <laughs> All right. No, 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 no worries. Yeah, no, and uh, you, you should see it's pretty funny uh, temperature. I don't know what he kicks, but as soon as he gets off the ice, he kicks a stool, something like that, going on his way down to the locker room. So it was pretty funny. But probably, probably his stool <laughs> that he's been sitting on for the last month. Is <laughs> <laughs> keeping it warm for Swayman. Uh, she <laughs> is. All right. Um, for my uh, duds, and I'm not really the kind of guy who likes to beat a dead horse, but I'll beat Tom Wilson to death on this one. Guy's got to go. Number one dud for me. Um, I'm still pissed about what he did to Carlo. And, you know. At some point, the guy's got to learn his lesson, and the NHLPA has to figure it out too. Like, do you want guys like this in the league? Because you you really need to change some rules. I I didn't like the uh, the rule in the NFL when I found out about it with a uh, what's uh, Indomitian Sue, you know, all the stupid shit he pulled, but he behaved for X amount of time. Come on, seriously. Like, when I got in trouble for doing something stupid and I got grounded for that weekend, do you think I went out and did it the next weekend just because, well, my punishment's over? Like, and granted, much different situations in much smaller periods of time. But seriously, that's what that's what I'm going to equate this this stupid rule to is 
if you're good for a season and a half, you can have your cookies too. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> second dud for me is going to be David Postenock. Again, what would I say? Five goals in April, 13 assists. Hasn't looked right. Hasn't looked great. Uh, he's a guy you really look for. You look to. Uh, Justin, to your point, you're right. He hasn't really looked great in the playoffs. That first line where they can do some nice things for you in the playoffs, they seem to just be shut down. And since you haven't had the secondary scoring behind them, that's that's why you're not going in. That's why you haven't really gone anywhere. Yeah, you made the cup final, but I wanted a cup. Uh, and my, my third and final uh, dud is going to be the power play. Four for 30 since the trade deadline. 13% or 13.3% if I did my math right. Um, I was going to go, I was looking at all special teams, but, you know, I'll take uh, 88.7% on the penalty kill. I'm a little disappointed that they gave up another uh, shorthanded goal a couple games back, but, um, yeah, that power play is just not looking good. I'm still a big fan of uh, getting... Pasternak away from um, Marshawn and Bergeron at some points, um, maybe on the power play or, you know, considering that you have a second line that you seem to trust right now with Hall, Krejci, and Smith. Um, but I, I think you, I think Cassidy really has to think about something like that. And I, I'm, that's another dead horse I'm going to beat is he's just got to uh, break up that those three guys for an, an extended period of time during an individual game. I, I don't think you see it enough having them on the first line and then on the first power play where the first power play always takes up a minute and a half of the power play uh, and they don't always look good. That, that's what frustrates me the most about the power play is when the, the, the power play is off they're still it seems like they're out there even longer it's ridiculous to me uh get them off the damn ice that's what i say yeah i absolutely agree dave um the, the power play is like i think it's like the biggest issue now that i'm, I'm thinking about it more it's a big issue heading into the playoffs like we're, we're going up we're probably going to some big stud teams like washington like new york like yeah you gotta you gotta work on the power play because those teams they're they're really well on the defense and if we don't get any power play goals, that's going to be key to the playoffs and what could be the result of a loss. Uh, well, it wasn't yeah, that I, big of a, a deal in 2011 when the Bruins put up the cup when they went like oh for nine thousand in the in the on the power play in the playoffs. Well, yeah. you know, and, and, and honestly, guys, to, to to that whole point, it's uh it's actually been interesting. So uh, I've been watching, and Cassie's actually interesting enough. Put his second unit out to start a couple power plays. Um, in the past few games, which I which I appreciate it because I agree that first unit has been god awful, uh, quite frankly, um, and the oh, second was, unit has been much better. Um, I was listening to one of the games doing that, yard work, and he sat them. He sat the first power play unit. He sat that yep, first line for yep. a little while, a couple games back. I forgot about that too, because of their yep. power play. And then he sat them for basically the last five six minutes of the period. I think it was. Exactly, exactly. And they've had terrible um this and like they overpass it's it's the weird they just they overpass and I find myself with the first power play unit sitting in my chair saying, Shoot the darn puck. You you'll see Marshan and whoever's at the point, 
be, be it, uh, you know, Pasternak if he rotates with Riley or Grizzlick, whoever's at playing uh, the, the D-man. Um, you'll see them just, you know, from, from the circles, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, yeah, back and they, forth. Yeah, they just pass just like, it back and back. And when they shoot, it's a whiff. Mostly it's a, it's, mostly it's, a whiff. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's been brutal to watch. I'm sitting there like, guys, stop stop playing toss. Just someone throw it on that and, like, look for a tip or something like that. So finally they put uh, the second unit out. Uh, he started starting the second unit, um, and they produced a little bit. But honestly, going back to the whole, whole like, you know, 2011 Stanley Cup thing, I, I would much rather this team have the worst power play in the league but do really well with five-on-five five scoring. I mean, they had the best power yeah. play in the league in the 2019 Stanley Cup run, and their five-on-five five was not great, and they lost the Stanley Cup because their five-on-five five was not great. So, and you and you can't just pray that the other team's gonna, you know, take crappy penalties, and you know you can score in the power play. You're not gonna win a championship like that, and that's why they lost the 2019 championship, among other things. So, as far as their power play, I could care less, really, um, as long as their five-on-five five is where it should be. And so far, since the trade deadline, their five-on-five five play, I believe, has been somewhere around the seventh or eighth best, again, since the trade deadline. And that's what I'm happy about. So the power play, it sucked. But, you know, it's I'd rather five-on-five five play be awesome and power play be down versus the other way around. Well, tonight they got a goal in the power play, which is against the Rangers, which is pretty good. So they are making moves it on it. Yeah. yeah, Jerry's Jeremy Swayman now has more shutouts than uh, Tuka Rask on the season, I believe. Wow, four not to win for the Bruins tonight against the Rangers. All right, Tyler, you wanted to talk something about the playoffs, didn't you? Yeah, it's going to be about the goaltending. Um, so, oh, sorry. Um. Like the goaltending, I think unfortunately Rask will be the starter, and I think that will be key to us not winning the playoffs because I don't think he can keep up. Like it's just we said with older players, like with Krejci, Martian, Bergeron, like they they can get tired out from the playoff runs. It's, it's really exhausting. Like every two days, like a playoff game there and there, and Rask, like he hasn't had a playoff game like over a year. Well, I think he did play a little bit in the twenty twenty playoffs, but he he had to leave due to. Family issues, which he didn't really need to do, but yeah, I mean, it's his, whatever. His his wife or daughter called him about something going to the hospital, from what I heard. So yeah. I'm I'm not gonna shit on him for that. I think he's been shat on enough for that, but I understand your point. Yeah, like he's just not produced at all. But I, I if we had Swayman in there, I'm more confident with him being in the net as a starter in the playoffs than Rast because. Swayman, man, he's he's probably the most underrated goalie in this in the league right now. No one talks about him, except a Bruins fans. Like he's uh, amazing to watch. And I think they're probably talking about him a little bit, aren't they? I, I, not everyone. Okay. Not everyone. Sorry. Well, I see Tyler. I well, I agree with that, Tyler. And I think I think that's I think he's really flown under the radar. I think that's probably because you have a guy like say uh, Spencer Knight for the Panthers who's come in and just lit, you know, lit the lamp and he's been terrific. So yeah. I think the focus has been mainly kind of on like that, those guys, but Swayman's slowly going on the radar, but good for him for getting his second shot out of the year. I mean, the kid's awesome. The kids, uh, he's terrific and he's a bright spot uh, for sure. Uh, I like Vladar, but I think Vladar's searing is, 
a backup goaltender in this league. Um, so you really needed yeah. one of either him or Swayman to pan out. And so far with the sample we've had, we've had Swayman, uh, you know, and I wish to God they would do this, but obviously they're not going to. They're not but going to. I would rather him, I'd rather him start for us in the playoffs. Tuka Rask, I guess, came out with a statement. It, it was so Tuka Rask. Uh, he's been playing great, but he said he hasn't been fully there with something along those lines. Like there's still something going on or whatever. Oh, uh, when like, he came back from his injury, now, is dude? that what you're talking about, that statement? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, you're already setting yourself up. So when you suck in the postseason and people are on your ass, you're going to be like, what? It's just like, Tuka, shut up. You can't win big games. You can't do that. You're fine in the regular season. You crap your pants in the postseason. Just shut up and own it, and let's move on and go on with the kid. I know. I I, I want. That's why I say I want Slam in the net. Like Rask can like his injuries are an also another key to this to this playoff run. Like he's had injuries, and it's probably been affecting a bit of his play. Like. The first Washington, like the Washington game before the, the trade deadline, eight to one, horrible. We had to uh, put on another goaltender, and uh, Rask, like, like, is, are his injuries going to affect him in the playoffs? Yes. And I think it will. I think it will. Sorry, was that too Which fast? Is why I, once again, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I want swimming because I. And you, guys, I think, you guys know I'm the biggest Tuka defender on this show. But uh, oh, but sure. Uh, but, hey, hey. I mean, I, I, I don't on. shit on Rask like Jimmy, Jimmy or, or Justin, but this time sh- I got to shit on <laughs> Rask. This time I have to. I got to shit like on Tuka is, Rask well, like he was would have on the ice that day. <laughs> <laughs> he was about to. Jeez, I think they had to Zamboni that area of the ice twice. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I, and I just think, too, that you can have a young goaltender like Swayman come in, get hot, Catch lightning in a bottle Energize and carry you through the postseason. Yeah, Jordan Biddington, he is by no means a, a good goaltender. I really, do, I think he's average at best. But guess what? I don't. He even got think he's hot average. at the right time. Uh, you know, he he got, got hot at the right time, and he outplayed Tukarask. He did. Plain and simple, outplayed Tukarask, especially in Game Seven, and in that's what seven, matters. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. I, you know, I, and that's what it comes down to. Right. I, again, like so. I, I, I'm going to make the argument that the team just sucked and blew right in front of Tuca. I'm not. I don't blame Game Seven on him. Um, I'm not having that argument. But uh, Finnington absolutely outplayed him in Game Seven. But I don't think Rask had a bad, sure. a terrible game. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. Well, hey. you know, in honesty, David. And with all those people saying that, especially like the 2013 fiasco, when they're like, well, the team in front of them gave up. When your team gives up, you as a goaltender, you step up and you help cover for them. And he just didn't do that. I don't think he's capable. So. Yeah, I wanted to bring one more point up. No, Rest, you're not allowed. Like, when, when... No, I am allowed. I'm <laughs> allowed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, <laughs> I am What's alone. What's up, buddy? You don't get time to shut up. <laughs> anyway. Also, got to remember you. that Rask. I can mute you. Just remember that. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Dude, your mom and dad listen to this show. <laughs> yeah, they do. Hi, mom and dad. How are you? I love you. Love you. <laughs> anyway, um, before I get interrupted again. Sorry. Uh, 
like Ras is the same goaltender this year. Had an absolute brain fart skating to the bench. Like, <laughs> are you okay, Rask? Anyway, yeah, that's one to bring it up. <laughs> that's yeah. one of the funny parts of the, in, in yep. the season this year. But yeah, I, 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 I at least want Swayman to be a backup yeah. goaltender in this series, uh, other than Halak. I, I think Halak, I think he's out of a job, as you said. Yep. Like, I would love to have Swayman be a backup goaltender in that postseason because he gets to watch the game, like in person, up close, and learn from it. Even if he's like he doesn't play, like it's good to learn from it from the bench. Yeah, just ask Brett Favre. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, <laughs> absolutely, Justin, it's cool. I like it when your dad uh, <laughs> audio bombs our our podcast. It's cool. <laughs> Anytime, I know, sorry guys. He, he, and he and like he was totally wanted to chime in too. I was like, I was like, he. I love, I love him to death, but he was totally just like sitting here trying to chime in. I was like, Dad, stop. <laughs> All right, so, so maybe in the off season we'll have Tyler's dad and your dad on the show, and we'll do like an off season show with those guys. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, I think I think that'd be terrific. I mean, that'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, playoffs are coming. We've been talking about it. I want to go around the other divisions. We can, you know, we've touched base on the East. I think pretty well on what we think. Um, but we can make a, we can all just throw it on actual prediction if we want for the East. We'll do that one last. Um, I'm going to start Central right now. Carolina's in first with, oh, I didn't write that one down, uh, 79 points, followed by Tampa Bay with 75. Florida also with 75. Kind of a surprise to me. I know Jimmy's 6 to midnight on that one. And right now, uh, Nashville is sitting in fourth place with two games to go at 60 points. Um, the closest to them is Dallas with three games to go at 56 points. Uh, so that should be decided within the next day or two if you ask me. But let's just go based on uh, how it's looking right now. The matchups would be Carolina-Nashville, Tampa-Florida. It would be the battle of... Ooh. Bill Rick, uh, the, yeah, the Battle of Bill Rick. I'm sorry, the the Battle of America, <laughs> the Battle of America's Penis. Um, Justin, why don't you start us off with uh, the Central? Who do you who do you think comes out on top? Carolina, Nashville, and then Tampa, Florida. If the if that was our uh, playoff series. So I I think um, well I definitely think uh, Nashville they squeeze their way into the playoffs this year. Um, they they have, um, but I, I I don't see them going far. I really don't. I mean, I know you got guys like Roman Yossi and Ryan Johansson and and you know uh, Ryan, uh, uh, um, Matthias Ekholm. All the, yeah, so you have those guys, those kind of grizzly veterans who've been there before. But that team just doesn't have enough. Um, they really don't. I, I'm not too sure. Like I haven't watched them super carefully, so I think they're kind of missing a little bit too much to to get into the a deep run into the playoffs. So I, I don't see them being a team like Carolina, who's, you know, up and coming and they have a lot of talent. Um, and soft. They really do a lot of young, show. you know, and, and they are soft, but I, I, I do think that Carolina will, will 
inevitably beat Nashville. And the Tampa Florida series, I can be honest, that's a, that's going to be a fun series to watch. Um, quite yeah. frankly, my money's on Tampa Bay because they just have a wagon of a team, um, absolute workhorse wagon of a team. And I just don't think, I mean, Florida, I just don't think they have enough to stop a team like Tampa. But I think they have enough to give them a series. So I, I, I bet you that would be a good six, seven-game series. Carolina would probably be a five, six-game series, I think. Um, so first round, I take Carolina over Nashville and Tampa Bay over Florida. So that, those would be my picks. But who knows? You could have an upset. Quite frankly, I would love if we had another 2019 scenario and Florida's bounced in five games. I, uh, to Tampa Bay, I should say. Because um, that, that's the other team um, that I'm looking at that really scares me if the Bruins have to play and go through. So oh, that's that would be an interesting series for sure. So you had Carolina, um, Tampa. Sorry. Yep, Carolina, Tampa. Tyler. All right. So I've got Carolina in five against Nashville. Um, Carolina, they've been a really good team. They got to win the President's Trophy. Obviously, if you win the President's Trophy, you should get through the first round. And Nashville, uh, they haven't. They've had a decent, average year at best. Like not too great, but not too bad. Um, I think if what Nashville needs. If they want to get back into the, the finals like they did against Pittsburgh, I think they need an elite prospect, like like first like first round first overall pick, and it can't be a bust, like an absolute stud of a player. If that team wants to get uh, back to like being considered to be talked about in the finals, like I look at teams like Minnesota, like they got a rookie um Kaprizov, which I, I will talk about later when we get to uh, the West. Like, he's had 47 points this year, and he's, like, the first player in there. And he was, like, one of the top five in the draft overall this year, or uh, last year. And he's been really good. He has more points. I think he has more points than Bergeron. Well, before this game, which is really good. Who's this again? Uh, Kaprizov is his name. Let me see his full name. Kirill Kaprizov. Kirill, okay, okay. Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Sorry. If Nashville gets a player, like, yeah. And if Nashville gets to player like him, then they they will. I would consider them to actually probably beat Carolina, like next year. Tyler, but I got Carolina in five. Uh, Tyler, if you if you don't want me chiming in a little bit here, um, I have something funny for you. Um, so believe it or not, um, and this is what I thought: Kirill uh, Kaprizov, again chosen in 2015, the draft Wait, that oh, Bruins fans go. just want to forget. And he was drafted in the fifth round, 135th overall. Wow. Um, so he was definitely like, you know, he wasn't ready oh to play God. then. Uh, but Minnesota scouts, kudos to them. They saw something. Guess who we chose? I think uh, Anders Bjork, who was, uh, I believe, was in that draft class, I think. Uh, and chosen thought, in the third round, somewhere oh like God. that. I but thought another in... player from the 2015, whiffed. Yeah. I thought he was in the 2020 draft. <laughs> oh, excuse me. That's no, quite honestly, I thought he was a high round pick in the past couple of round, uh, couple of years. Quite honestly, <laughs> so when I saw that, I was like, "What? Really?" But he was just kind of one of those diamond in the roughs. Um, I, obviously, the Bruins weren't the only team to pass on him, but again, just wow. another player who could have really helped this team. And Don Sweeney and Co. decided to go for the bum in the eighth round, or whatever. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Now I got Carolina in five against Nashville. Um, now I want to go to Tampa Bay and Florida. I've got Tampa Bay in seven. 
I think Florida will have a breakout like performance against Tampa Bay, but like yeah, like I think this Tampa Bay is just a tough team. They got Stanley Cup experience with uh, Mr. Pat Maroon, the stud himself, with two Stanley Cups. Um, yeah, they have a really good, they have excellent goaltending with Vasilevsky there, and you know, yeah, like the secondary scoring, probably the best in the league. You got Blake Coleman, Braden Point, like Sorelli, hell, even Johnson, like wrist, absolutely, like a bunch of stars on that team, and yeah. Uh, I think it'll be a tough series because Florida also has, like, really improved since last year. Like, Huberto, Barkov, like, they've been excellent so far. And, like, yeah, the, the, even their other players who have not been around much, like, they've been stepping up. And, unfortunately, Sergei Bobrovsky, probably not going to be there. I <laughs> just wanted to throw that out. Because he's had a horrible year. That was for you, Jimmy. That was for you, Jimmy. We, we know how much <laughs> we know how much you love them. All right, uh, yeah, I agree with both you guys. Tampa Bay is coming out of this series. Um, Florida has had a, a, a really good year. Um, their goaltending situation has obviously changed with uh, Slobrowski, um just being terrible. Uh, was it Knights on that team? Right, the the young kid. Knight. Spencer, Spencer Knight. Knight. Yes. Spencer Knight. Uh, you know he's been playing well since he started. And then, um, is it? I forget the guy's name, but the first name, but Dreger, Dreger, down there, the other Jamie contender. Dre- yeah, Dreger. He was playing Dreger, great yeah. earlier. I, I know he's kind of leveled off, let's say, um, but there's too much firepower in Tampa Bay. They they're gonna have to get caught sleeping again to to lose to Florida in the first round. Um, I'm gonna disagree with you guys on Carolina. I'm going with the pre- President's Cup curse on them. Uh, I think Nashville, um, from what we've seen, about a month away from the tread do- tread, trade deadline leading up to it, I should say, uh, I think they really kind of gelled and were kind of putting themselves uh, put themselves in a real good position. Uh, yes, they may only squeak in, but Carolina is what. 70 what did I say 78 points 79 points you know I they really I don't know they're, they're plus 51 to Nashville's minus points. five but I don't know that if I'm gonna pick a, uh, an upset uh, that's the one I'm picking in the first round um Carolina what made it to the conference finals two years ago was bounced in the second round last year. Did, is that when Boston played them, the second round? Uh, don't remember. Or did we play them in the first round? You know, I, and I like... We played them in the first round last year. We played them in the first round. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, and I, and I like Carolina. They're, they're a good, solid, up-and-coming team. Yes, they're a little soft, and that's what happens when you let Greg McKegg go and sit on our, our uh, Providence bench. But I don't know. I, I think Nashville uh, Nashville's going to pull that one off in seven. Uh, moving out west, you know, I think this is the Studley Wonder Balls division this year. You know, you got Vegas at 76 points, Colorado 72, Minnesota at 71. And then, you know, Limp Dick in their way into it is St. Louis right now at 56 uh, points. And I think, 
I think the only one mathematically who has a chance to catch them is Los Angeles. And let's face it, Los Angeles uh, traded away Jeff Cotter. They traded off some pieces. They got uh, five games less left, and they are eight points behind. So St. Louis is really probably about one win away from um, – or one Los Angeles loss away from uh, clinching their playoff spot. Um, so who started last time? Justin, let's go to you, Tyler. Who do you think Southwest? Uh, Vegas, um, versus, and then Colorado, Minnesota, who's been a nice surprise this year, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I have Vegas in five. Uh, Jordan Bennington this year, like, he's not been great at all. And Vegas is just an absolute star-studded team. Like, they get, like they are fast. They're tough. I don't, I don't think Bennington can be able to pick up with these guys because he can't pick up with teams like the, the Sharks. Like, he had, like, five goals against them. He got real pissed about it. So, yeah, he's, he's, his emotions will get the better of him this time, too. And, you know, I, I think Vegas, like, I think they they won a cup. Like, this, what this team has done is absolutely incredible. Like, guys like Mark Stone, William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, like, they are studs. And I, I think they're going to be too fast for St. Louis. And they're lucky. And St. Louis is lucky they didn't meet these guys in the playoff, in the um, Western Conference playoffs. I, don't, I, don't, I think they would have probably lost to them. They actually have met back in 2019 and 2022. Um, as for Colorado and Minnesota, I, I got that game. I got that series in seven, and I think it'll end in overtime with Minnesota winning. Like this Minnesota team, I'm really surprised to see Minnesota actually be a really good team. Never thought I'd see the day. Like as I said with Kaprizov, I can't believe he's a 2015 overall pick. I thought he was 2020. He does not look like he was in the 2015 pick. Like he still, he looks like such a recent player from the from like the, <laughs> the juniors. It's crazy to me. Um, to you anyway. To your Minnesota point, it's amazing what happens to a team as soon as you trade a Donato off of it, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, and for like, that matter, Charlie Coyle. Right. Yeah, Charlie Coyle. Shit. Uh, hey, Sweeney. Hey, Don. <laughs> oh, believe me I wish I had one speed tile hey man <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're blocked anyway yeah probably yeah. honestly like oh gosh at this point uh... yeah um, anyway back to yeah Minnesota is a really like I think they're the underdogs of this playoff run like like who would think that Minnesota would actually be a good team no one because they are, no one talks about them at all um They've always been a boring team anyway. Let me stop shitting on them. Uh, like they got players like Zuccarello, uh, Greenway, Eric Sinek, absolute stud right there. And they have like a decent defensive core, which I think they could definitely improve on in the uh, offseason. Like this team, like they are there. They, they have like the core. They have like the elements to win a cup. They have Marcus Johansson, who's actually had a uh, pretty bad year. Not, not a too great of a year, but hey like he's good like they're 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 improving slowly and you know what i think they can pull off an upset against colorado now colorado like they just are excellent this year like nathan mckinnon nico renton that's like one of the best duos in the league like next to matthews and marner and bergeron pasternak um yeah they had, they had an excellent captain with landis it's gonna be a tough series but i think it'll be a really close like overtime win for minnesota 
Justin? I lost you. Yeah, no, oh, I, I see. So, um, uh, Tyler, I pretty much, uh, I pretty much give it everything. You... Oh, sorry. Am I here? Awesome. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry yep. guys. That may be my internet connection. Kind of not great here. Um, Dad's messing with we're the Wi Fi. Awesome. Um, so, I, I probably <laughs> have to say, um, yeah, he's probably screwing around with it. Oh, does this need to be plugged in? I gotta <laughs> save a little electricity here. Um, <laughs> So I, uh, <laughs> he would, he is that type of guy to do that. <laughs> He's um, a dad, trust me. No, but, <laughs> so with the with teams, guys, and oh, I know, no, exactly. That probably me when you know Wi-Fi, like you know, is is pretty much implanted in us when we're babies. So I mean, I'll be like, well, my commande, you know. Um, but anyway, so so I have to say, so when I look at you know teams specifically, I really love um, number one defenseman. Um, I think they are essential for any sort of team to make any sort of run in the playoffs. Um, and Vegas this year, uh, well, in the offseason, they addressed that. They realized, well, we don't – we have some good D, D guys, but no one who is our number one. And I think they solved that with Alex Petrangelo, who's been there, done that. Um, they just named Mark Stone the captain. I mean, they're the other team outside of Tampa Bay that I think is, is going to be one of those teams winning the Cup again this year. Um they're just an absolute wagon. They address their decor. They're big. They're heavy. Mark Stone, love Mark Stone. Love that player. Um, so, and St. Louis, you lost your number one D guy. You replaced him with Tory Krug, who's not a number one defenseman. I don't even think consider him a, a, a second pairing defenseman. He's a offensive guy, and that's that's really it. Um, Colton Perrieko, I like him a lot. But he's also not a number one defenseman. He's not a three-zone guy. He's a stay-at-home defenseman. So in St. Louis, I don't think has enough up front I, I, at all. So I see them getting smoked by Vegas in, honestly, if not a gentleman sweep, five-game series. Quick question um, on yeah. Vegas's D. Uh, how long yes. has uh, Alec Martinez been there? I do not know, actually. Because he's since the start, or was he traded? I think he's he was traded from L.A., I thought. Uh, I could yeah. I could be wrong. I, I know he for sure he came from L.A., but I thought he was traded from L.A. Um, I just don't remember how long he's been there um, because he is a, a, a damn good defenseman himself in his own right. So uh, just just wanted to ask. That's all. Sorry. No, of course. He, and, and no, he's great, but I just think it's like Petrangelo's experience um, and age. That's that's that, and just, you know, he's just. Terrific. So um, I love Petrangelo. Uh, granted, heavy contract for Vegas to take on, but um, they did. So, and I think it, it's made a difference so far. Uh, that great team. So, they'll gentlemen sweep or five games, St. Louis. I don't think they have any business being in the playoffs right now. Um, and then Minnesota's been nice. I mean, they're surprising. I mean, they really have been. Uh, but again, I, I don't think Minnesota has enough. I don't think they necessarily have that number one D man yet. Uh, uh, really at all. Um, I know they had Ryan Sutter for a while, but and he was he played monster minutes. Uh, but I just don't think they have enough uh, really defensively. Um, I think they're still kind of that rebuilding phase. Um, Colorado, um, all I have to say is Nathan McKinnon. That guy is just an absolute monster. And 
I think they have a good D D core as well. You got Johnson and McCarr like on the back end. I think those are good D guys. Uh, Cam McCarr specifically too. Um, and I just think you know with the addition of Nazem Kadri as your second line center, uh, Colorado has a lot, and I just think that it's going to be too much for Minnesota to handle in the seven game series. So I got Vegas and Colorado winning, you know, winning the, their series. Vegas handily. Colorado, Minnesota, I think you'll probably get a good series out of it, but I, I still pick Colorado in six games. Awesome. Uh, I got, like like you guys, I got Vegas for all those reasons. They're easily 1 or 1A, one uh, the best team in the league. This all-around best team, I think, in the league. You know, second to or maybe even – as close to tied to Tampa Bay as you're going to get, you know, just two absolute wagons of teams. Yes, I know Carolina is the uh, president's trophy, but we all know, like, I mean, we all we all know how the curse of the President's Cup, I mean, how many President's Cup win, winners have actually gone on to win the Cup. I don't even care how far they go. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think it was, we said it was like Montreal in the 90s was one of the last ones to win the the president's cup and the stanley cup um and then quick question about minnesota who's the coach out there anybody know no oh jesus i don't know i, I forget God, i totally forgot i thought he was a familiar face i thought wait was it um it's not yo no, for a second i was He's gonna... gone right I thought, uh, I, thought, I, no idea. I thought he was uh, it was the Sharks coach who would, who they fired. I thought he oh, landed um, that job. Oh shit, I can see his name, I just can't pronounce it. <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> I can't I thought that's who, who went there. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Maybe he yeah, went yeah. elsewhere, but uh, all right. I mean I'm going with Colorado anyway. Dean Everson? Um, I think this is the only the only big question this year is can Colorado get over the hump? Um I don't think they've really been a great playoff team in the last the last couple of kicks at the can. Um, so can they? And I mean, they're going to run into Vegas in in the next round. And uh, well, I hope in the next round because that would be just a phenomenal series, if you ask me. Um, but yeah, I, I got. By Vegas, the way, the Colorado. coach's name was the coach's name from Minnesota was Dean Everson. Who the fuck is that? That's not even the San Jose guy. Oh, never uh, mind. So it wasn't uh, that guy. I forget where he went. Oh but ooh. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't recognize the name. Well, I mean that that's good though. You want to see some young blood coming into the coaching ranks, don't you? Instead yes. of, instead of getting the um, uh, Julians and Terrians and every all those Totorellas. guys. Yeah, the Torts is still a good personality, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he he may be uh he may be a coach to watch in the offseason. They may can yeah, his ass. He's, I mean that team is yeah. just so disappointing. What where are they at right now in the standings? It's pretty pathetic if I remember correctly. And I'm pretty sure uh, Patrick Lyon is like barely even playing too. I mean, and that was a huge trade right there. Like, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. And that was early too. It's not like it's it just hasn't had time to fit there. Forty-six points, seventh in the Central. Yeah, they just seventeen wins, twenty-five losses, twelve overtime losses, minus forty. Just yeah, he's. I'm surprised he's even still there. Especially, I, I, I mean, we, 
Think about the issues Sorry, we talked about earlier this year when he was sitting people like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and even sitting Line A. You know, I think Line A was there for, what, like three games? And he was like, yeah, no effort, sit. Like, I don't know. You, you don't make a trade like that to make a guy sit on the bench. You don't it, – it's, uh, it's kind of like the um, the old story about Cam Neely playing in Vancouver and he was stapled to the bench. I, you know, home first time back in his home team, and the the coach at the time, I think it was. Shoot, I, I don't even remember. I'm sorry, but he, they stapled it, him and somebody else. It was like their homecoming, and they got stapled to the bench the whole game. I'm terrible at telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and, and that's real. And honestly, if you're if you're the GM of uh, Columbus, I forget I forget who it is, um, but you have to realize. Your team ain't gonna go anywhere huh. if all of your first round picks and, pro- and star prospects want out. Right. So, I mean, at some point you have to say, "All right, I'm keeping the stars and getting rid of the coach." Right. Because um, you know, if you don't get rid of the coach, then the owner's gonna get rid of you. Like exactly. You know. So. And and then the coach will go anyway. So you may as well try and save your ass for at least one more season. Absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, we'll just touch on the East real quick. If we were to go Washington Islanders in Pittsburgh, Boston, uh, I'll start us off this time. I, I think the Islanders are going to win. I think Trotz might have an axe to grind down there in Washington. Uh, so I'm going to say the Islanders, and then I'm going to take uh, – and I'll take that as a seven-game series. So if I'm wrong, I'll still be happy about it. Uh, and then I'll take Boston over Pittsburgh in a six or seven game series there because, as we talked about earlier, that that I think it's just going to be an enjoyable series. But I think Boston has just enough of an edge to take that series. Um, as far as like Washington, I, I don't know if the Islanders are quite ready for that next step. Uh, they they've looked great this year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they've kind of fallen off recently which is kind of makes me feel like they're just not quite ready for that next big step. Um, Tyler. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got Washington to beat New York in seven. I think it'll be a really close series. Like they're two, like they're just two, like really evenly matched teams, but I think Washington, I think OV and Oshi would like pull something bizarre out. I don't think even Trotz would expect or, the goaltender over there in New York. I, I can't believe I forgot his name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Falamov. Falamov. Yeah. I. I I'm thinking Vanacek for some reason. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Falamov. No. Yeah, Isn't Vanacek Washington? <laughs> yeah, he's. Yeah, he is. Vitek, Vitek Vanacek, and uh, Ila Samsonov in Washington, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got Washington in seven. I think they will get. Past one round, and so we're going to talk about P- Pittsburgh and Boston. Boston in seven, I think it'll be a regular win for Boston. They just pull out like a really good, good game, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be close in the East. It's the, it's the most toughest division. Like my God, I just love to see it in the East. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you're right. I think that as far as points wise. It's probably the tightest division, but that's probably because St. Louis sucks so much out west. <laughs> Justin, who you got? 
Oh yeah, so so if the playoffs started today, what it would be Pittsburgh versus New York Islanders, uh, Washington, Boston, if I'm reading this right? I have Oh yeah. Shit, did I read this one wrong? No, I, I had uh Washington Islanders, Pittsburgh, Boston, but was that me screwing up? No, that's what I have. Not not including well, tonight's I... game. You know, like I have the standings from not including Boston at seventy one. Oh nice. And even still, they'd still be behind oh, okay. Pittsburgh and Washington by two points. Yeah. Okay. So, so now, so so, it's looking like a Washington Boston first round. No, it's is that like, is that right? It's or? Looking like Pitt, Pitt Boston. Pitt Boston. Yeah. Okay. Island. Um, Island is Washington. So. Island is Washington. Awesome. Um, gosh. So I actually. Um, so honestly, I. This is tough, honestly, guys, uh, because I think uh, Pittsburgh-Boston is going to be a terrific series. I really do. Um, I give the Bruins a slight edge um, in this series um, just because I think, you know, Latang is, you know, as good of a defenseman he is, I think he's getting older and up there. Uh, I think the Bruins in general just – can play uh, have played the pit has have played Pittsburgh really well throughout the years. Um, I think Bergeron does an awesome job at doing his best to shut down Sidney Crosby, um, and I think you know just I think just in general that the Boston's just have will just have like a little bit more of an edge um, in that respect um, and play them play them the way that they know how to. And I think I, I think it'd be it's gonna be a tough series for sure. I'm I'm thinking six, seven games with that. Uh, but I give the edge slightly to Boston for sure um, in that whole series. Uh, with regards to the Islanders and Washington, it should also be a really good series. Um, I mean that's tough. Uh, I I I mean, I don't know. In, in a way, I almost want to do a coin flip with this one as to as to who's going to win. I think it's going to be a hard-nosed six, seven-game series. I think Barry Trotz has an idea of, you know, like, you know, how the players play on Washington, uh, having coached there. Um, I think, uh, Dave, you alluded to it. He's a great defensive-minded coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Um, and I think he'll have his team ready to play and ready to play defensively hard hockey. Um, so honestly, it's kind of a toss up with those two. Uh, I'm really pushing for the Islanders over Washington just because I hate Washington so much. Um, and it makes me want to throw up that Charler went there and he has to back a guy like Tom Wilson, quite honestly, when he's been the first Ugh. one on the Bruins team to, to basically pull Tom Wilson aside in years past and say, Hey, cut your shit. Right. Quite frankly. Um, so yeah. I hate the fact that he's got to be on that team and back him up. I really hate that so much. Um, but I just think Washington, quite honestly, their weakness lies in goaltending and defense. Um, I don't think John Carlson is all that great. I know he's in number one. I don't think he's an all that great defensively defensive defenseman. So I think their defense gives you chances. And I think their goaltending, quite honestly, kind of sucks. So I think those two things combined, the Islanders can pick apart. Um, and so I, I – Again, six, seven game series. Uh, but I give the edge to Islanders in that one. All right, and now we'll go north of the border. Um, Toronto at seventy-two points, Edmonton sixty-six, Winnipeg fifty-nine, and Montreal holding on to that fourth and final spot um, at fifty-seven points. And they are, I believe, they are waiting on. 
is it Vancouver? Who? Yeah, Vancouver still has. They've only played 47 games, so they still have nine games left. Possible 18 points, which would just knock Montreal off if Montreal were to lose their last four games. So, you know, technically, Vancouver's not out of it. They do have a long way to go um, at 41 points. So yeah, I think I did. I think I did that math right. But we'll, again, we're just playing the game as if they were to start tomorrow. Uh, you would have Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, Winnipeg. Uh, Tyler, why don't you start us off? Um, so I have Montreal in seven winning. I think I, I don't think Toronto is going to be able to win another. They, they never win game sevens. They always choke it away. The streak. And continues. I think they will. The streak continues. And I think they will do it again because, <laughs> you know, this Montreal team—they have a couple like, they have a lot of uh, prospects on this team. Like they've they've done a really good job on that, which kind of ticks me off because it's Montreal. But man, they really, they were they went off, they went crazy in this 2020 off season. Like they have Tyler Toffoli having a really good year. They got they got a hidden they got a really good pick. Uh, Cole Caulfield, I think he, I think he was picked this year. I hope no last. Two years ago, he's a hidden gem there. Actually, I, I don't. I, I let me retract let me retract there. I do not think he's a hidden gem. I think people are starting to say that he's an elite prospect, and will soon be a star player. And they got like Nick Suzuki having an awesome year. Um, I was I was about to say Kakanyemi. It was an okay year. Corey Perry is tied with him at points, but yeah, I got I got Canadians beating Toronto in seven. Like, Toronto has improvements on in their game. Like, they stepped up on the defensive core. Their goaltending is better now because Anderson ain't there no more. Who's uh, goaltender? Is. Uh, Jack Campbell. And by the way, Anderson is actually still there. But he's not playing. Okay. Campbell, but, Campbell's their number one right now? Yeah. Okay. I think Toronto will do a mate. Like, they will go probably have one of their best – Series wise against a team, but I don't think they can pull it out. I think Montreal will be like the more tougher team out of the series. And as for Edmonton and Winnipeg, I've got Edmonton in four. Dry settle McDavid. I've got them going crazy in this playoff run. And I, I, I don't think they want to, I think they're tired of losing like in the first round or like, you know, not even making it. Like, I think McDavid. He has 93 points in this season. My God. <laughs> That's crazy. Having Drysdale just have double the points of every single other player. That's so insane. But, yeah, you know, I think that this team, they've gotten tougher, and I think they will bring that grit, tough, toughness against Winnipeg. And, and, you know, Winnipeg, like, they've kind of not had the same team they had before. I mean, I think their goaltending is still decent with Hellebuck, but... You know, I, I've got Edmonton beating them in four. This will be like the only sweep in the first round. Mr. Reality? Um, got my thoughts thinking about that. <laughs> Sorry, I have a little brain fart over here, guys. Um, it's my hair. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Tyler, I told you, um, to, to your point about Edmonton, Tyler, um, Con McDavid, I calculated this when he had 81 points this season. Um, 
but he was if it was just a regular 82 game season he was on pace and again this is when he had 81 points i i did this math he was on pace for 139 points if this was an 82 game season ridiculous i mean i'm pretty sure this con mcdavid will just uh, if he's healthy will consistently get 100 or more points every single season he's just that generational talent He's just – and quite honestly, Edmonton, if you're not at least in a playoff spot every single year, then your team's a failure. I'm sorry because you have a guy like that. You should always be in playoff contention. Um, with that all being said, looking at these teams, um, the funniest part about it is I look at them, and again, you guys know how much I think of number one D-man is so important. I don't know who the heck uh, – Edmonton's decor is fine. Um they're all right. Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg, they, they lost Bufflin. They lost Truba. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm, my knowledge on them is kind of skeptical, but they don't have a clear number one defenseman. Um, and Toronto, I mean, my goodness, if you want to look at a team and a team in which the organization has pretty much just said, hey, guys, screw defense. We're going to go all in on offense and hope it works. That's exactly what that team is. I mean, Ryan, Ryan, uh, Ryan, uh, O'Reilly. Oh, I forget. No, that's St. Louis. Jesus, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, St. Louis. But who, who's there? Um, Riley uh, Nick on Foligno. Uh, defense for Toronto. Uh, uh, Morgan, I, I got defensive guy. Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley. Uh, Morgan Riley. That's it. Morgan Riley. Yeah, he's not a number one D man. No. All right, he's not. Riley's better. He's on, on a on a good decor. He's your second pairing guy. Maybe he'll play with the number one guy, but he's not a number one guy. I mean, their defense got a little bit better, but outside of that, they don't have a true number one guy. I, their goaltending is a little upgraded. But again, that's the team that has just gone all in on forwards and said, screw defense. And quite honestly, you need a number one D-man. You need that guy in the playoffs. You absolutely need him. So sure, they can, I mean, they can put up all these points in the regular season. They can, you know, have a goal differential of plus 41 but when it gets down to crunch time in the playoffs i'm sorry that's just not gonna cut it i mean you gotta stop some goals from happening right yeah so i mean i'm not sold and i think matthews like david posnock has a lot to prove in the playoffs he can light it up in the regular season but can he do that consistently in the playoffs I don't think so, I, or at least I don't know yet. So they're number one. They'll be playing Montreal. I think Montreal, out of all these four teams, is the most well-balanced. They have great forward groups. They had a great offseason, off like Tyler said. Um, honestly, if you're a Canadians fan, you should be pumped. You have a bright future ahead of you. Um, you, got you, rid of that bum, you got rid of that bum Claude Julien who, you know, and already <laughs> Montreal was showed a better – offense like without him um nick suzuki is awesome what an awesome two-way player he is cole caulfield they have a bright future um and i think they will honestly i I think they'll beat toronto because toronto's gonna you know piss their pants in the first round um so uh justin i I want to throw in toronto for the toronto defense um they had a player um they had tyson berry play for them and they throw him away and he this year he has 44 points which is probably his best year he's had with Edmonton. So yes. that's another thing they, they threw away, which is not great. Not great at all. 
Yeah, I, I know what it is, but they, they just don't like defensemen. I don't know what it is, but they just they, they hate defensemen. I, I don't get it. Um, so so anyway, so there's that. And then um, I take Edmonton over Winnipeg for sure because I think Winnipeg's done great this year, but that's about it. So. Uh, all right, I'm with you guys on both of those. I think Toronto sucks. Um, Edmonton, Edmonton's really got something to prove. I'm about to piss my pants. All right. Um, <laughs> I'll talk to you guys next time. That's this like has been the Boston B-Body. I'm David Rodriguez. <laughs> Justin Ventola, Tyler Scales. Have a good night, guys. Peace out, Dave. <laughs> what, a way to, what a way to end the show. I saw him what a way to end look, the show. Like a little antsy and stuff. It's like, is, this, is he okay? <laughs> That's hysterical. That's so funny. Oh, oh my gosh. That's why you bring the bottles to the show, man. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny, man. That's too funny. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting.